Hello, Texans, and welcome to another edition of Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. And boy, it is always fun to catch up with Johnny on a Tuesday where it's kind of, we're not in a game week just yet, but we are. We're not past the last one, but we are. We're sort of in this nether world, and it's a beautiful place to be because the Texans are very much alive for the playoffs, Johnny. And I wanted to go there tonight. I wanted to go with the P word tonight because it's just us. We don't have to share this with Nick. We don't have to talk to D'Amico about it. It's just us talking about the playoffs. Yeah. This is wild. It's wild to even use that word playoffs. And and I've tried to, in my mind, play this whole thing out. And what if we don't make the playoffs and all that? I'm like, we, what were we even talking about week one? We had a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, a rookie quarterback. We're in week 16 and we're talking about the flipping playoffs. I like this. I, like, I mean, it's, I this like is where Jim Mora. This is fl- the playoffs? Yep. I mean, oh, Here we are. Ridiculous. So... We always talk about, well, back in March, what were you thinking? Back after the draft, what were you thinking? In training camp, what were you thinking? How about 0-2, what were you thinking? This team was 0-2. Yep. You know, we don't talk about that yeah. part of it much. And it wasn't necessarily a really good-looking 0-2. No. It wasn't a horrible 0-2, but it wasn't an 0-2 that made you think, they're right there. They weren't right there. I mean, they looked okay at times in the Ravens game. You knew that was going to be a tough one. We talked about it all offseason long. Really? This is the opener? You got to go play the freaking Ravens? Look at them now. They have the the one seed right now. The Ravens are 11-3 and right now. They were pretty good, right? Then you play the Colts. That was the one that sort of had me saying, "Uh uh-oh, because Anthony Richardson had those two touchdown runs. Then he gets hurt, and you think, oh, the rest of the way should be okay because it's just Minshew. It's just Minshew. Yeah, just Minshew. And then he does what he does to you that day. And then it got going against the Jags the following week. We know the rest of the story. But at 0-2, I thought, "Uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I still thought I knew. I knew this. I felt really confident. They had much better football ahead of them. They were yeah, going to play yeah, yeah. a lot better. It was going to come together. They were just gelling. It's tough. You don't have time together in the preseason. You're playing a rookie quarterback. He's going to get better. There's no doubt. But, boy, did he get better in a freaking hurry. Yeah. Became this unbelievable phenomenon almost instantly after that, it seems like that. When we get to Week 18, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that Colts game, Mark. But I remember – so. You know, kind of a peek behind the curtain. Each and every game, kind of my uh, ritual is when the game is over, I go up to your office up on the second floor, and we just kind of sit and chat about things. Mm-hmm. And when that game was over, I remember sitting in the chair near your desk, and I just was looking at you like, what do we do now? Because I felt like going into that Colts game, like, okay, look, Ravens, it's a tough way to start. Yeah. But we're wearing, you know, Liberty White. We're going to break open this season, and we're going to look good. We're going to stop them. Like, we're going to shut the Colts down. It's going to be a great way to start the 2023 season. You tied them last year, and you beat them. Didn't lose to them in 2022. You didn't lose to them. Did not lose to them. And I walked out of there going, whoa, Shane Steichen's a really good coach. The Colts are back to being as physical as we expected. Mm. The one thing I remember taking out of that game, though, was, boy, CJ and Nico linked up. Like, maybe there's something there. Yeah. Maybe there's something yeah. there. You know, Tank second got a touchdown half. in that game in the second half. Yeah. And we started seeing the offense, but we're like, what about the D? De- the defense just went over yeah. the edge. Like, what happened? <coughs> you just didn't know, didn't know how that was all going to shake out. And it was Gardner Minshew for the most part. Mm-hmm. And Richardson looked good on the one drive. 
I just felt like, man, I, that's when I felt the, the like, kicking a junk. Like, man, I thought we were going to be better. And I got a text. I got a text from a buddy of mine. And when he always asked me, like, what I, what I think about, you know, and I, you're like, what do you think of the season? You get asked this a lot. Like, how many, how many wins? What do you think you're going to get wins-wise? And, like, what's the record going to be? And I'm like, you know, I think, I think, I would tell people, like, yeah, I think seven and 10, eight and nine is realistic. Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense that that would be realistic. And I got a text from him in the fourth quarter, and it's just mad as he could be. And he was like, seven wins? This team isn't getting to one win. Oh, yeah. And Look at that. that was the sentiment of a lot of people. Like, this team isn't better. This team isn't any good. This team doesn't have it. Blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. And then that week, you, I going out of Jacksonville, I just didn't even have any expectation. We're playing a division leader. Okay, they lost to the Chiefs. All right, whatever. But the one thing I kind of kept hanging on to, and I remember Landry talking about this on the air, and, and I remember Drew mentioning this, too. When they did the press conference that week for the Jacksonville game, they were going to London for two weeks after yeah. that. Not one question was about us. Not mm -hmm. one. Mm -mm. Not one. And then we went in there and just absolutely obliterated them. And, of course, and I think about this because outside our, our hallway down here at service level, there are pictures. They have pictures of players in particular games. And I've kind of figured out that those were the players of the game as the coaches and the team voted on. Yeah. And so they, for the Jacksonville game, there's Will Anderson because Will had the block field goal. He had a couple of nice plays as well. Uh, there's Tank scoring a touchdown. You know, he's got the ball in his arm. He's got the number one up like he's going to score. That was the, the clincher. But Andrew Beck has the kickoff return of all kickoff returns. And when you think about how crazy the season has been and you realize it's 17 to 10 in that game, and he runs that thing back, and you realize we're up two scores now, and what just what just happened? And it was like the whole – there was this boost, this B12 shot that they felt, and they've kind of carried that through. Like, you never know who's going to make the play at any point. You could have a running back kicking field goals. You could have all these things happen in games, and at the end, you just got to finish it. And we've had, what, nine games end? Uh, nine of the last ten end on the last play of the game or overtime or whatever Final it might moment. be. It's, yeah. It's been amazing to think about, but it's put you in position eight and six. Here's what it's also done. It's also put you in position to look back at a couple of games and go, we lost to the Panthers? Yeah. We lost to the Panthers. I, that doesn't bother me, though. I, I'm going to say right now, because I play hoops on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings at 6 a.m., mm -hmm. and the guys were saying to me, well, what about that Panther game? You know, what about what, the what-ifs? Yeah, what about yeah. Atlanta? I say, listen. Like you pointed out, Johnny, they've played nine of ten games that come down to the final moments. Yep. They've won most of those. If you win most of those, you're in really good shape. You're not going to win all of them. Right. You are not going to win all of them. And I know it's disappointing you lost to Carolina, which is a two-win team at this point, and Atlanta, and they're struggling. Hey, this is the NFL, man. What happened with the Jets? Yeah. Look at Zach Wilson. Right. Has the game of his life that a week later, uh, not so much. It just game of happened. his life. It just happened. It's the league... I think it's really hard to be really good for 17 games. Ask that the, is exactly. Ask That's the exactly Eagles right. how hard it is to have peak performance. Whatever your version, your team's version of peak performance, let's not even go peak. Let's go 90% of your maximum capacity of play, whatever that is, okay. for your particular team and your roster, the way it's assembled. Yep. To get to that 90, 
17 times a year? I don't think I don't think so. Can't You're do not it. doing it. San Francisco doesn't do it. do it. They had a three-game losing streak earlier this season, and they might still have some bad games ahead of them. You don't know. Yeah. And I think when you're a team like that and your roster is just so supreme, and they have injuries too, but they have so much talent, they can get to that 90 or 85-90 a lot better yeah. or a lot closer to it than a lot of teams because they're so talented and they're so established. Not have to work as hard. Yeah, the systems in, are there. In some sense. I well, mean, it's I, – and, and one more point about that, and I bring this up from time to time. Daryl Morey used to say about – NBA teams, you need easy offense, right? You yeah, yeah, need, yeah, yeah. You need guys exactly. who are just going to fill it up. You, you need that. You, you, it can't be such a chore to score. Well, the NFL, you have to have your versions of that. Easy first down. Right. Makeable plays. Guys who just do it for you. When we had Hop here, when we yep. had Andre Johnson here, when you had Arian Foster here, when the running game was clicking over right. a series of years, off and on, whatever the case may be, you need that. It's not just offense, it's defense, too. You need your stops. You need... And easy is a bad word, but just makeable stuff that you can count on week yep. to week. This team's still finding all that out. You know, now you know you have pass rush and John Grenard, yep. right? And Will Anderson when he's in there, obviously. Right. Uh, you know you have great playmaking with Tank and Nico, but you had health issues on top of that. And then you don't know who you are. You're just trying to put it together. There's still a young team trying to assemble itself. And here you are with eight wins, three weeks to go with a great opportunity. It, that's the word, opportunity. There's no guarantee, but you have opportunity. You win these three games. How about, I mean, we can do this on radio. You win these three games, mm -hmm. and the Jags stub their toe in one of the final three. You win the division. I mean, that's incredible. How crazy that's is that? It's automatic because you'll beat the Colts and that's, knock them out. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but, you know, it's, it's why I felt like the loss of Tank took a little while for them to get over because Tank could be instant offense. Tank could be that deep downfield threat where, you know what, we need something. And it opens things up for other guys. You know, it's kind of like Tyreek. You know, there's that joke about, well, bleep it, Tyreek's down there. It's kind of the same yeah. thing with Tank. Bleep it, Tank's down there. He'll make a catch. That's, that's kind of the, I don't want to say cheap offense, but I think about the Jacksonville home game a lot in that regard because Tank makes that deep catch, and this place erupted, erupted. And you thought, okay, now – we yeah. just pop the top, baby. Here we yeah, go. And yeah. then you get called for whatever penalty, you know, uh, illegal motion or shift or whatever. It's whatever. But that was, to me, what that represented was you need some easy buckets. You got that. And that was what, that. that's what, so how do you find the easy buckets? And maybe you're going to have to be more Princeton basketball where, all right, it's going to have to come out of the scheme. It's going to have to come out of that. But I just got done with Telstrator a little while ago, Mark. And what's the biggest play of the game against the Titans? Scramble drill. Case yeah. gets out of the pocket. Motor finds his way over there. And here's the thing. When Case gets to his right, if Motor doesn't go that way, every receiver is going to the other side of the field. Right. So he's going to have to Every one. So either Case is going to have to run it, or if Motor doesn't get over there, then, I mean, Case might have had to run it. And I'm kind of glad what's he didn't. happening. Yeah, at that point. But when we're talking about... You know, just the ebb and flow of a season. I mean, we felt it with all those, you know, close games and all that. And, you know, Matt Amendola hitting the damn crossbar uh, uh, against the Jags. And I just see that in my memories just doink. And I'm like, oh, uh, like the ups and downs. I think about, I'll ask you. There's a team that in the AFC, everybody's saying, if they get in, I don't want to play them. 
Buffalo Bills. Sure. Nobody wants to play the Bills. No, because the, everybody knows the how good Bills they really are. But the Bills were a hot mess. Hot mess. But 17 games, Johnny. 17 it games. It evens itself and I out, hate and now it. they're finding themselves. Ken Dorsey, maybe. Maybe Brady's just found the magic formula. Yeah. I, look, I haven't watched much of them because we've been doing what we do. Exactly. So I don't get to watch the entire Bills arsenal here. But what I've seen is that Josh Allen is letting it all hang out a little bit more. Yep. They tried to bottle him up. And you know what? And I said it. When they played the Rams on opening day last year, 2022, Rams yeah. celebrating yep, the yep. Super Bowl, I thought, man, Allen's still running a lot. He's mm -hmm. got to stop that. But they won that game in L.A., right? And they went on to have a really nice year. Allen needs to run. He needs that. That's just part of who he is. Yeah. He can throw it well, too. He's right. thrown it a lot better. He's improved. We've talked about his improvement. He needs to run. But I know what your point is here. They were flatlining for a while. Looked like it was going to be deconstructed. The entire Bills organization was going to have to be taken apart because, oh, they've lost it. They've peaked, yep. and it's done. The window's shut. The window's done over. over. It's not. It is definitely not over. They are hard charging right now. Now, they still have a ways to go because they dug themselves a nice little hole here. Yes. So it it remains to be seen how it's going to end up. The Bills have the Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. Wow. If they get the next two, that sets up a possible AFC East title game with the Dolphins Sunday Night Football because In nothing's Miami. scheduled. In Miami. Nothing's scheduled for the final weekend yet. The networks and the league, they're going to work together to put the best matchups possible. You might recall last year, and those of you wanting to go to Indy to see the Texans play the Colts on Week 18, and the Vandermeer household had people of this nature, yeah, trust yeah. me. Yeah. I said, I don't know when it is. I don't know if it's Saturday or Sunday and the flights and the whatever. I mean, I don't know. Now, Indy's not the hardest place to get to in the world, but you get my drift here. Last year, yep. the league went with the Packers and the Lions, and the Packers were playing to get in. The Lions were not, but they were playing for a winning record, and they were a hot team, and it was a great game, Sunday Night Football. But they had an actual division title game to present to people, and they held that one for Saturday night, and that was the AFC South Championship game, de facto, because the Jags and Titans, whoever won that, was going to win the division. So they put that one on Saturday night. Yep. I don't know if the Texans are playing the Colts, what they would do with that one, because I think it depends on some other things. You and I talked about this. We're all trying to analyze it. You have five different games in Week 18 that could all feature both teams involved in those games playing for a postseason either birth or seeding, right? So both teams involved. You have five possible contests. The best one, as far as national audience goes, is the Dolphins and the Bills. For the Texans, if they play the Colts and both teams need it or whatever, I would be shocked if they don't put that one on Saturday night or at least in a prominent role on Sunday, especially if it doesn't involve other teams. Yeah, fates. right. So we'll see how they handle it. So going back to Miami and Buffalo, yeah. this one's really intriguing to me. The Dolphins play the Cowboys at home. Yeah. Then they go to Baltimore. Ooh, that's tough. And then they play the Bills. And then they play the Bills. So let's Ooh. say they split. And yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's no guarantee. But let's say they split yep. with the Bills. Uh, with the uh, Cowboys and the Ravens, okay? So somehow they get a split. That gets them to 11. That gets them to 11. Mm -hmm. Let's say that the Bills take care of the Chargers, and then the Bills have the Patriots. And they take care of them. That's 10 and 6. Miami would be 11 and 5, but Buffalo beat Miami earlier. That would be for that's the division. That's for the AFC East division. Type. Yeah. 
after Miami leading that thing through most of the year, yeah, yeah. Buffalo can win this thing out with three wins, and they need some help. But they're getting some help from, you know, there have been times where we were talking about 2014 uh, at mm-hmm. some point, and I remember you mentioning, you know, we need a little help uh, in that. We need help from the Browns, and the Browns stunk that year. The yeah. Browns were like... They were playing at the, uh, the Ravens. The Ravens. Yeah. They were playing the Ravens, and we needed the Browns to win. And they were up, they were up at some point in the third quarter, and then it just it, it fell Didn't apart. Happen. We were asking for help from, uh, you know, the 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 six foot person that needs to reach something on a nine foot shelf. We needed Yao Ming for that yeah. help. That's what we needed. We didn't yeah. have that. Well, the Cowboys and the Ravens are plenty of help for the Buffalo Bills. If I'm Buffalo, I'm not sitting there like pounding my chest. Mm-hmm. But if I'm Buffalo, I'm going, we're going to win this thing. We're going we're gonna to win this thing. We're going to go down to Miami and we're going to win this thing. The game is not in September like it was last year. Mm-hmm. I think Buffalo is going to win a division. We're going to watch it all unfold on hard knocks. And I'm telling you, the, the hard knocks, in-season hard knocks, it's fascinating from, to me from an emotional standpoint. I went back and watched the uh, last week's, last Tuesday's edition of hard knocks. They're doing the Dolphins. And they were absolutely stunned, shocked that the Titans beat them. Like, there, was, there wasn't yeah. even – it was almost not even, like – upset sadness like any of that it was just what just happened they They were almost asking more questions of what just happened 14 point lead three minutes to go yeah you know the last team that won a game in that situation who us seven years ago the last team down 14 with less than three minutes left in the game sunday night football against the colts boom brock osweiler lamar miller cj fedorowitz Oh. <laughs> you remember the names, Jalen Strong, and then uh, who knocked home the game-winning field goal for it? Was that Nick Novak? That was Nick. That was, that was Novak. Nick in 2016? That was Nick in 2016, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's Bullock? Sure. No, no, Bullock was, no, Bullock was no. long gone by then. I think it was Nick Novak. I could be wrong. By Fairbairn's 17, is that it? Yeah, because I think that was the year that Kaimi was on injury reserve for the whole year. It was 16, I think, and then he took over in 17. No, no, he was here in 16. But he was injured? Hang on a second. Nah, yeah, that's what I think. I, I I remember Kaimi's first year, he was injured and he didn't kick. Spent all of 16 on injured reserve. Right. Yeah, we had Nick Novak. It was Novak. Yeah. yeah. Right. I don't know how I remember that. But yeah, Nick Novak. It wasn't a, I don't think it was a difficult kick. But Wasn't Randy hurt his rookie year too, I yeah. think? Mm-hmm. And then he came in yeah, in 2013. Cause, yeah, because wasn't that Neil Racker? Was that Rackers? No. And 12, it could have been Rackers. I think it was Rackers. Because it was 11 Rackers. Chris yeah. Brown left because he had a bad year. And I, then heard we got somebody, Rackers. I heard somebody ask this on the bus. Oh, uh, Shane uh, Graham? Shane Graham, yeah. I heard somebody ask this on the bus. I just heard this floating. Maybe it was on a bus or the plane as we were coming home. Somebody was like, Kaimi Fairbairn, best Texans kicker of all time? Like, well, I think so. Yeah, I. there's no question. To me, that was the best kicking performance we've seen. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I immediately got a text from somebody. Is that the longest field goal for a win? And it's not because Chris Brown had a game against the Dolphins in 07 where he went five for five. He kicked three from beyond 50, including a 57 yard game winner. And it was amazing. He was AFC special teams player of the week, of course, for that performance. 
Brown made some big ones. He yeah. made some big yeah, yeah. the one to beat the Colts, the one to beat the Packers. He made some big ones. He missed some big ones in 09. That obviously hurt the team. Look, a poor kicking performance can kill your team, can kill mm-hmm. your season. And in 09, that was a big problem. And I don't want to put it all on him. You don't want to be in those situations where it's like, got to have this kick to win, and it's all on him, and it's his fault if we lose. You hate those things. But it was a lot, or a lot of games like this year where they were coming down in the final well, seconds. You know, poor Matt Amendola. We talked about the game against the Jaguars. You miss two 50-plus yarders. Yep. If you make one of them, you're going to overtime and you live to who fight knows? another yep. day. And who knows? Maybe you beat the Jags that day. It's a completely different situation. But, look, that's the league. Everyone who laments, and back to this, everyone who laments Carolina, Atlanta, this is just what happens along the yep. way. And, look, look, you just won a game with a 54-yard field goal at the overtime buzzer. Look how close that thing was. Yep. That thing was on the edge of a cliff the whole way, and we're used to it by now. But you won the game, could have just as easily not won it, yep. and felt like, all right, you gave it a shot, but you didn't win it. Johnny, by the way, side note, how bad is that loss for the Titans? It oh. not only knocked them out, but there you are. You're up there with Case. Mm-hmm. You're up there with, look, you thought Damian Pierce was going to be your your bell cow back this yep. year. It hasn't worked out that way. So you're up there with Singletary. You don't have Will. We know who you don't have. I don't have to go through all the names and everything. But they do have a lot. They had some guys out, there's no doubt. But yep. they have their shiny rookie quarterback, who mm-hmm. they expected to play anyway at some point. They have Derrick Henry. They have Tajay Spears. They have a lot of guys. They, they have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Harold Landry. They got Danico Autry, who's got 11 sacks on yep. the year now. And Landry's awesome rushing the passer. They got all that. Yep. And you beat them at their place in the Oiler uniforms. That's a horrible loss for the Titans That's organization. Bad. Really, really bad. And I, I've just thinking about that afternoon and, and walking out of that field and thinking about their I don't know why I was thinking about their fans. Like, man, how does that taste? I mean, that's just so awful. Awful. Like, you get that Miami win, and now you're thinking, okay, look, I know it's a long shot. It's a long shot, but you win the last three. You have beaten the Texans and the Jags. I don't know. Maybe things fall off a cliff. Maybe you stay in this thing. I mean, the last three, you go eight, nine. Like, I know, maybe. But I'm also, if I'm a Titans fan, I'm also upset with how the Titans have gone about it. When you look at how the Texans handled things the last couple of years and how the Titans went about it, you know, the Texans put together a squad knowing that, you know, we we were in transition Mm -hmm. um, and we were going to take that stance all the way along. We weren't going to be in transition and then see a nice shiny toy like DeAndre Hopkins and go, yes, come to us. Right. No, they. That should have been the last thing they did. They should have been going with Will Levis and seeing what he's got as a rookie and discarding Ryan Tannehill and seeing what they could get for him. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get anything. But It's inconsistent because you trade Bayard. Very, exactly. Very inconsistent. You sign Hop, but then you get rid of Bayard, but then you give Simmons all kinds of money. Like You don't think the Chiefs would have taken Hop for something? Yes. Or some team like that that needs a receiver? Made no, it just made no sense if I'm a Titans fan. How That, that would be frustrating to me uh, how that's gone about. But that's that's the Titans that's their problem. You guys deal with it. We'll yeah. see in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, and there were there was there was some of that that I kind of heard in the locker room. Like we'll see in a couple weeks. Like our our guys, you know, when you have a win against the team the first time, you know, you get a little fat and happy and all that kind of stuff. I think our guys would like to see them next this this Sunday right here wow. at our building. Wow. And uh, so I can't wait for the the second um, iteration. And you, you know, I was listening to Sean and Seth today. We're talking about you know going back to the playoffs. It's a massive game against the Browns for a number of reasons. There's no, there's no doubt. 
if you have designs on the playoffs, you absolutely a thousand percent cannot lose to the Titans and the Colts. No, you cannot. No, you could quote unquote afford a loss to the Browns. Yeah, you cannot lose to the Titans and the Colts. But if you beat the Browns, but if you beat and the, Browns, the Titans, you might not need. I know because the Jags might play their way into it, or right. you might not be able to catch them for the right. division. And maybe you're already in, and it's just about seeding. And I'm not going to say you don't care about the seeding, but wouldn't that be wild if you go into that game, quote, not needing it? Don't tell Nick I'm talking about this. Yeah, kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. Don't, don't. Go. No. But not needing it, and you start. You then you start Davis, right? Then you say we're going to start Davis right. Mills against the Colts, and they don't need it. They're going to start Ellinger. We're going to have Mills Ellinger part two. Oh my Just God. like week 18 <laughs> last year, and who would have thunk it? Both teams are in. Okay, but what if you could knock the Colts out? of No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would love to. I mean, if you win these next two, if you beat the Browns and the Titans. Then it comes down to if the Jags lose one of these, they play Tampa Bay and then they play the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to expect much against the Panthers. I mean, they could do us a solid. It's happened before 2016 where the Titans did us a solid. Uh, actually, the Jags did us a solid against the Titans. But I don't know. I think it's the Buccaneers that could do it. Now, mm. if the Bucks beat the Jags, yeah. now you're three wins away from the division. Yeah, I know. And well, that's... Look. We'll, we'll rendezvous wow. next week to talk about that. All right, coming up, a little bit more on this. Also, where does the win rank? Because we will compare and contrast. It's too early, but hey, it's radio. It's never too early to talk about stuff like this. It's Texans Radio. All right, back to it. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Great to have you with us as we stretch things out on a Tuesday. Just talk. We just talk, just talking about stuff, and it's fun to reminisce about the win on Sunday against the Tennessee Titans or whoever they were and talk about the Cleveland Browns coming up here with Joe Flacco and Johnny. They went there this morning, Sean and Seth, if case were to play. Oh yeah. Yeah. Flacco Keenum part two, nine years later, exactly nine years later, Flacco Keenum squaring off just like the, one of the best coached games I've ever seen by this organization. When they beat the Ravens with Joe Flacco Gary Kubiak, the offensive coordinator for Baltimore, they were having their best offensive season to date. Now, they've surpassed it since with Lamar Jackson, but at that time, that was the best offensive year they were ever having. Kubiak comes into the building, and Romeo Cornell's defense completely takes them down, and I hate saying that about Coach because we love Gary, but, hey, I'm a Texan, and that was a phenomenal day. I'll never forget seeing Gary... Brian Periani and Rick Dennison on a golf cart outside the Ravens locker room yeah. talking and just going over notes and things. And that's when I said hello to those guys in the service level, the hallway. And I'm thinking, this is just bizarro world because it was only a year before that he was in the building and you get the rest of the story. Yep. But it was great for Gary to have that year with the Ravens because they went on to the playoffs and he got the Denver job as a result of yeah. it. And the rest is history for him. Got a Super Bowl out of the deal. He but did. that day, that day, Case Keenum and the Texans and the Texans D took apart the Baltimore Ravens with Joe Flacco. And that's what you need to do this Sunday. Yeah. And you frustrated Flacco with that pass rush. If that sounds familiar. You know, the Browns' offensive line has been uh, its been a bit banged up. They're starting left tackle. Now, I don't know if he started the other day. Um, I haven't looked at that. Um, but I have, you know, just kind of getting my notes together initially. Mm-hmm. Guess who's starting at left tackle for the Cleveland Browns? Tell me. Jer- Jerron Christian. All right, so Jared Christian, who we've seen here, 
Didn't he start the game against the Chargers in 2021? He did. That Texans victory on Christmas weekend. Yeah, he started he started Sunday against the Bears. And Jared Christian, James Hudson were the two tackles because Jedrick Wills is injured, as is Jack Conklin. So, <laughs> boy, you know, it's so funny. We we make such a big deal about starters and things like that. And yeah. then, look, you're you're here. They're the Browns in week 14, 15 with Jaron Christian at left tackle, Joe Flacco at quarterback, and, you know, got to have it to keep yep. pace, keep ahead of the crowd kind of game. No and Nick they Chubb, it. and they're 9-6. 9-5. and six. Nine and five. They're 9-5. and five. It's unbelievable. It's they- a, it's, it just shows you. Incredible. This game is all about organization. That's what it is. It's the organization. It's all of it. It's the coaching. It's the players. It's the culture. It's how it all fits together. Stefanski's done an incredible job. you got to give him a boatload of credit. All the Watson distraction. They're probably thrilled to not have Watson distraction I right now. I think that's huge for them, Mark. I, that distraction and not having it. I think that is huge. The fact that players in the locker room are not asked, hey, is Deshaun starting? Is Deshaun here? Yeah, what do you think about Deshaun? Have you and Deshaun linked up? Are you guys going to do this? And they don't have to answer that anymore. They don't have to answer any of that. Not available. It's your quarterback's playing well. Joe Flacco's killing it. Um, And guys are just, they're making plays. They're stepping into the void. Kevin Stefanski has done one heck of a job. One heck of a job. First of all, there is no good way to handle any of that Deshaun stuff. No, there's no None. good way. None. And there was all kinds of talk about that. And they just kept winning. And they kept winning. And they kept finding a way. And I think, if my math is correct, they've won with four different starting quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Sean because Flacco, PJ. PJ, and Dorian, and DTR, right? Yeah. It's incredible. I mean, we've got two wins with two quarterbacks, but four? Yeah. That's four. unbelievable. And they're really excelling. Yeah. They're really excelling right here. They are. Look, the Vikings have a pretty impressive story as well. Overall, mm-hmm. they couldn't help us out and beat the Bengals the other day. But thanks, guys. This is a really good team, a really deep team that's had some heavy losses. And the fact that Flacco's doing this, when they signed Flacco, I was thinking, ha, 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 this is going to be a disaster, <laughs> Joe Flacco. But he threw three picks last week. You can get to Joe Flacco. I'm eager to see Jonathan Grenard. I want to see what else the Texans can do with pass rush. I can't wait till Will gets back. Yep. I want all of it. Let's see if they can get the tidal wave going in the backfield the way they had it against the Tennessee Titans. Now, I know every Ooh. team's different, but that kind of ethic of, hey, why not play every running back like that? Mm-hmm. Get to him before yep. he gets going. All right. Some of these backs can whoop, you know, get out of the way, but. They just were all over it, Johnny. Wave after wave of defense against Derrick Henry in that game. And you need that kind of thing going on against the Cleveland Browns. But Flacco can really make you pay more than a Will Levis can. Now, where Flacco, and we mentioned this, uh, you know, I was talking to, to JG about this. and We were talking to ND about this. Would you rather have a guy, would you rather face a guy like Levis where he can split a gap and go run on you and make you pay? Mm-hmm. Or a guy like Joe Flacco, where you know X marks the spot, you know where he's going to be. He's taking a five-step drop, and X marks the spot, beat your guy to get back there. Yeah, And that, I think, is going to end up being being a a massive key in this. And, you know, the Texans don't play a ton of man coverage. They they just don't. they play a lot of pattern match, and, and which ends up being man at the end of the day when the ball is actually being thrown. 
but that that's really as close as they get to playing just lockdown man coverage. The key to me the other day against the Titans was the four guys up front won yeah. all day. All day long. So you could drop seven guys into coverage. You could clog up those lanes. And for a rookie that's trying to find his way, he's holding the ball a little bit longer. And now he's sliding up in the pocket, and boom, he's hit by people. And that's what you got to make Joe Flacco feel. And we go back to that 2014 game. They the Texas defense put him in a vice grip. I remember for three quarters, Flacco doing nothing. Absolutely zero. Now, he ended up putting up a touchdown at some point in the second half, and then I think he got another one. But by that point, it was it was over. They had him so frustrated because they just kept hitting him, and J.J. and Witt were just relentless in the way they got after it, the guys inside. It was awesome the way that they put Flacco just in a vice grip with that pressure. And that's really what you have to do against out. him. 21 of 50. Yeah. 195. Yeah. That was Flacco in that game. It was not good. Couldn't run it. Four set. Yeah, 10 nothing. carries, 19 yards. Nothing. Oh, you look. Steven Smith Sr. was on this team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Five catches for 49. Torrey Smith, five for 59. That was it. And then Forsett, the rest of the guys. Jacoby Jones, two for 28. Oh, my gosh. This just brings back memories. I, I was just looking at this box, but on the Texan side last week, because with the Keenum possibility of starting, yeah. I wanted to see what Case's numbers were. They weren't in the great. Re return from the deer blind. They weren't great. 20 of 42, 185. But Texans ran it for 123. Foster, 96 yards. Keenum, four scrambles for 19 yards. And Andre Johnson, six catches for 65. Hop, five for 38. <laughs> Andre and Hop together. Gosh. This team had Andre and Hop together. That's crazy to think For about. For two years. And one of them was 9-7. and seven, The other one was 2-14. and 14. Ridiculous. How does this stuff happen? The NFL is weird. This just in. Okay, let me ask you this question. Okay. Since we're, since we're here. 2015, instead of bringing in Hoyer, yeah. you have Mallet oh, coming I, off I the injury. This. I love okay. this. Go on. What if you bring back... Fitzy and Case. Or how about this? Fitzy and or Case instead of trying to figure out the Hoyer Mallet situation. Well, you already had Mallet on the team. Yeah, Mallet on the roster. So yeah. Mallet's there. So what if you keep one or the other? Fitzy or Case? I think if you keep Fitzy, well, Case is interesting. Would that have worked with Case? Would he be able to hold off Mallet? So you know, mallet not screwing up and oversleeping yeah, yeah. and right, that kind right. of thing. Uh, I don't know. I think he could, if, especially if mallet's screwing up. But if mallet's not screwing up, I just think there is a lot of quarterback there. Yep. As my buddy Greg Grissom, president of the Houston Texans, would say, there's a lot of there there yeah. with mallet. Right. But he couldn't keep it together in the personal side. Correct. I you know, I'll always think about that, Johnny. That era of quarterbacks and a lot of guys came in and out of this organization, mm -hmm. and a lot of guys ended up playing. Some guys are Taylor Heineke still playing. I mean, you just have names you know all over the league right. that have lasted a long time. Hoyer himself, right? Fitzy lasted forever. I think if you bring Fitzy back on the 2015 team, that was a defense that ended up third in yeah. the league overall. I think you could do some things. You had that horrible start, but you wouldn't have had as horrible a start. And look what they did. They made some tremendous stops. They beat the Bengals 10 to 6 and the Colts 16 to 10 and all of that. I think it would have been good to bring um, Fitzy back on that team. I had a conversation with Bill O'Brien at some point where I, where I can't remember what we were talking about, but I remember him bringing up Case at some point. 
And I remember him not not saying to the extent, you know, I messed up or whatever. It, was, it really wasn't that. I mean, you got to make decisions for what you think mm-hmm. in that moment. But I remember him saying he has a pull on the locker room that I haven't seen other quarterbacks have. Yeah, yeah. He and mentioned you, that when he came back. He yeah. said the locker room sort of semi-erupted right. when right. Keenum walked in. Absolutely. And you realize what's that? what that's worth. You know, a if a guy has that. A lot. And cases had that. And it obviously, nine years later, um, it, it still shows itself. I just, oh, I always wonder if in 2015, had they stuck with Fitzy or stuck with Case, one or the other, I feel like, I feel like they probably could have done even even more than what they were able to do because they had that defense. They had Hop. Hop was in major Hop status in 2015. Oh my gosh, he was like amazing. He was, he was incredible. I, I got one more for you though. Here's a, here's a question: What really was the plan? I'd like to ask Bill today. Yeah. What was the plan? Because you have Hoyer and Mallet. I guess the plan was we expect Mallet to rise up and become right. everything he possibly can be. I like think I that, said, yes. everything's there. Can he get it together personally and become an outstanding quarterback? He's got a howitzer for an arm, and he's got the brain for it. He eventually right. coached all of that, but it didn't work. Right. So that was the plan. And then finally they said in 2016, we got to go get a quarterback. Right, and right. they got Osweiler, and we know the rest of the story. 17, sure. they get Watson. So those first two years, there really was no plan. And I would think, uh, you know, other than sort of stopgap and Fitzy, okay, whatever, right. I still think – if you draft Garoppolo top of the second round in 2014, at least you have him in the building and right. you can develop him and see what happens. But easy for me to say. All right, one more segment coming up. Where does it rank? We haven't gotten to that yet. We're just talking. It's a Talking Tuesday here on Texans Radio. All right, final segment here today. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris. Johnny, the win against the Titans. Automatic top three road win all time. I'm just going to put it there. Okay. I will put the division clincher in 2011 at Cincinnati in its own separate category, to be clear. Okay. I can give you one or two others that I feel could occupy that space. Okay. I can be debated out of it. But context, even if you lose the next three here and it's bye-bye for the 2023 season, that win, that day, that context, that's a top three all-time Texans road win. Playoffs not included. Well, you've never won on the road in the playoffs, so it doesn't even matter yet. Are you in agreement with me? I will say, now nah, you know me, I could speak from 2014 on. Mm-hmm. I think number one, without a doubt, is still Indy 2015. I'm with you. you I know think that's, that, that's, number, that's number one. You have company there. And people who forget this, it was 16 to 10. You started TJ Yates. He hadn't been around for that long. Mm-hmm. You started him. <sighs> Whedon had been in the building about a week and a half or so. About that, yeah. And he came in, and he helped you win the game. He threw a touchdown pass to Jalen Strong. 90-yard drive. You played amazing defense. Mm-hmm. You ran the ball with Lamar. No, Lamar wasn't here yet. You ran the ball with whoever you had. It Who wasn't we a- have in 50? It wasn't Arian. You Hang know, it was, it was like Akeem Hunt. It was Jonathan Grimes. It was, it, was it was tape and glue. It, really. Yeah, you, exactly. You didn't really have you didn't really have much. That day, you were running Alfred Blue. Alfred Blue. 107. <laughs> there are people screaming at us. I remember Alfred Blue getting a fourth down in that game that he probably shouldn't have gotten, and yeah. that was key. But you had Hunt. 
Yeah, Hunt Hunt on the Hunt. team. Yeah, Johnny Grimes Polk. was on the squad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, chicken. But Hop, eight catches, 94 yards. This is not a tremendous average necessarily, but he moves the sticks for you. Nate Washington was on that team. Yeah. Ryan Griffin, strong at two catches, including the touchdown. Hunt was very handy. That's one. That's that's one. That's that, one for that's me. Hard you, you were to... 0 for 13 right. at Indy all time, and you finally got one, and you won the division as well. Not with that win, but it really sets you up for the next week. I think that that is the number one road win of all time in the regular yeah. season. Well, there again, I no think, playoff wins. I think this one. I don't. I don't know if I put it two or three, but it's definitely a top three with everything that we talked about on the bus. You know, like Trey and I had had mentioned. You know, the the seeing the Oilers stuff was mm-hmm. just wow, really. And I and I know the Titans are five and whatever, five and eight now, five and nine. I mean, I get that part, but doesn't matter they're coming off a win over Miami is starting mm-hmm. and there was all this talk about you know going into the week I mean people didn't even consider case being the starter case starts and then the way that we ended up winning and here here's the nasty little secret of that game if you don't throw the pick six it's not even close because yeah. the Titans couldn't do diddly poo on offense right nothing right um but you just you, you give up the pick six, and now it was field goal, field goal, field goal. To, you know, you get yeah. all that. I think it should have been 23-7, something like that. But either way, it doesn't matter. Other contenders. I'm going to say Monday Night Football at the Bengals the same year as the Colts. 2015. Yeah. Yep, that's, I mean, look, that, to me, would be the other one in the, in the top three for they me. They were undefeated. They were 8-0. You were 3-5, and five, barely 3-5. and five. Just beat a horrible Titans team to get to 3-5 and five after getting embarrassed. Yep. By Atlanta, Ooh. Miami on the road, and then there you are taking on Cincinnati on the road. How's this going to go on national television? And you win ten to six as Yates comes off the yep. bench to find Hopper the only touchdown of the game for both teams. That was unforgettable. That's a. I, I think we've nailed the top three now. Yes, I'll take other contenders. Now before before twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the one that goes up on the shelf, the Hall of Famer of all time, Cincinnati 2011. I don't think you win the division for the first time. Well, that's, that, I pu- almost put that in another category, yeah, that's, Johnny. You're right. Because well, that, pre, that's a playoff it's me, clincher. So it's a definitely a different category. That's a playoff clincher. Yeah, right. A good good point. Good point. I, it, but if if we want to put it in the category, Here's that's got to that that be number one. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I put that aside in another vertical. Right. That says playoff, clincher, I got that one. kind of thing. Yeah. Ian, this was two years before I, I uh, hopped on board. Bears, Sunday night, 2012. Huge, huge road that's, win. That's a big one. Huge road that's win. That's a big one. Both teams were really good. In the weather. You knock Cutler out of the game. Yeah. They bring in Jason Campbell. Foster with the big diving touchdown catch. Huge. Denver week three that year. Yeah. That big was a great win. one. Big win. Um, I'll go. Want me to go early days? These are ones that just pop out to me because they're fun. The Pittsburgh one inaugural season was great yeah, with yeah, the three yeah. defensive scores. Right. Uh, beating the Jags that year, great. Mark Brunel, this is your first road win ever as a franchise, and you beat the Jags, and they were still reasonably good. Other ones along the way, 9 beating Miami second to last week of the season when you have a four-game Arian winning streak. Foster. Arian Foster comes off the bench and shows you he's Arian Foster. That was another huge one. I remember that plane ride home. That was a really happy plane ride home. And then you beat the Patriots the next week yep. to have your first winning season ever. Those stand out to me. The Cincinnati yeah, ones in another category. Yeah. And like I said, I started it saying from 2014 on, because that's when obviously I got down on the sideline. But mm. but those, those all that was intertwined in this game. It, it was more than just a game. 
there's obviously playoff implications at stake. It's a division game. It's on the road in the division. It's against the team that formerly was here. You have them wearing their uniform. There's so, and then Case is starting, who represents Houston maybe better than any professional athlete or athlete we've had being from University of Houston, playing for the Houston Texans. Nine years, starting nine years almost to the day from the last time against the Ravens, as we talked about. It's been incredible. Did, didn't you think Case's post-game comments were so well-crafted? Yes. And I don't yes. know if he put that much thought into them, but when he said Houston on the jersey, yep. didn't mention the Oilers stuff, right. didn't mention what the Titans were doing. He just took the high road mm-hmm. and said, this is Houston. Right. And what did we say last week? Houston legend, Case yep. Keenum. He's a Houston legend. And I don't mean necessarily UH or the Texans. He's just a legend of the city because he's the all-time leading passer in NCAA history. Yep. Still played at UH, played for the Texans, with the Texans again. When they signed him in the offseason, you could have written this script, I guess, but who knew that Stroud would be so good? Yep. And then, ouch, he's missing a game, and you have to bring in Case, and Case does what he does, which wasn't erupt statistically, but he led your team to a victory, and it's a total team effort. I mean, like we said yesterday. It was a total team win on so many different levels, and Case driving that train, and... You know, it's funny he mentioned in his in his uh, press conference, he talked about, you know, seven at home. I can only imagine what CJ and Will tank, you know, guys that are on injured reserve. And by the way, the Texans are eight and six with the most guys on injured reserve in the league. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah. Seven it was seventeen at last check. I don't I, I mean it's still seventeen, I think. And by the way, we've buried one, I guess, one lead. Tier Tart claimed on waivers. How about yeah. that? Well, you tell me. How can he help this football team? He's, he's, I don't want to. I want to be nice to him because I'm sure he's a he's really genuine, nice guy. But we needed somebody fat. We oh, needed yeah. some big bone dudes in the middle that can make some plays. And I remember Tier Tart in our game last year here against them in 2022. He dominated the game. It wasn't Simmons. Simmons had a couple of highlight moments. We couldn't block Tier Tart. To save his life, we couldn't we couldn't block him. So I don't know what went sideways with the Titans, but hopefully he'll come here and, and be able to provide. I think the interior dudes have writ- – game has gone to a different level. Sheldon and Malik are doing incredible stuff. But you just know with the way bodies are and how they're feeling at this point, if you have somebody that's relatively fresh, he can give you 15 snaps a game of his size and his mm-hmm. athletic ability, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah, did you find that it's interesting they pick that position group to strengthen at this time of year? I'm not surprised by that. And I, 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 I've come to this, my thought process in a draft, too. Strengthen a strength. I feel like the interior is a strength. But if you can strengthen it and keep everybody, you know, maybe you take a few plays away from the guys, but it gives them a little bit of a rest. Mm-hmm. Got a long way to go in this thing. Hopefully it's more than three. All right, that's it for the show tonight, and Texans match up on the way. If you can't check that out here, you check it out on the Texans app soon enough. And Wednesday night, Nick Casario, Texans Executive Vice President and General Manager, joins us on the program, among many others, as we keep it rolling into Christmas Eve with the Cleveland Browns coming in noon Sunday. Tickets at HoustonTexans.com. Have a great night. Go Texans!